Hi everyone, I'm Angelo Luciani and welcome to the Nutanix Community Podcast. This is where the community converges to stay informed, learn about our latest developments, and get to know the folks inside Nutanix. This week, we will look back on our userconference.next and share keynotes and panel discussions. On today's podcast, we have our CEO, Rajiv Ramaswamy, who unpacks the path forward for Nutanix and who chats with Martin Casado, general partner at Andreessen Horowitz, about the cloud paradox. Let's join the discussion. Hello, welcome to .next 2021. Welcome to all our customers and partners. This is my first .next conference as a CEO of Nutanix. And I'm humbled and honored to be talking to you all today. Over the past nine months, I've met many of our customers and partners, mostly virtually. And I look forward to meeting more of you in person as we emerge from COVID. Over the past 18 months, COVID has wrecked havoc on our lives. Many of us have lost loved ones. Our social, cultural, and business norms have changed. We haven't met with our extended family, friends, and our coworkers. Kids haven't been to school. Our lifestyles have been altered with masks and social distancing. Throughout all of this, technology has kept us connected. Zoom has become a verb for work, or to meet with friends and family. Now we just Zoom. Work from anywhere through the power of remote desktops and VDI solutions. Meet with your doctor remotely without having to physically visit them. IT has been a key enabler in helping businesses operate throughout this period. Here at Nutanix, we are no different. We have been operating with a distributed workforce for the past 18 plus months. And we expect the workforce to be distributed even post-COVID. Many of our customers across the globe have adapted to the new realities and have accelerated their IT journey in partnership with Nutanix. While Vodafone, Toyota, and Seattle Children's Hospital may be in three different countries and sectors, They all adapted to the new realities by adopting and expanding VDI solutions powered by Nutanix. Faced with unprecedented strains of a pandemic, Vodafone, the $60 billion UK telecom provider, turned to virtual desktop infrastructure, VDI, to enable its workforce to work remotely. That implementation is now providing a high degree of resilience and reliability, serving approximately 50,000 concurrent employees scattered around the world. By providing flexibility for remote workers in offices or at home, Vodafone's VDI implementation, underpinned by Nutanix HCI, is helping the company breathe easier in a challenging time. Toyota, the Japanese car maker with a global footprint, had to adapt 
to the reality of working remotely. They're now designing their cars through their 3D CAD environment on Nutanix VDI. And using these CAD models to work with manufacturing teams around the world, producing next-generation automobiles. This setup has not just given them the ability to work remotely, but also have deeper and better interactions with 3D models, replacing paper drawings. And finally, closer to home on the west coast of the United States, Seattle Children's Hospital needed an IT infrastructure that is flexible and could be scaled up and down based on patient needs. Nutanix changed the way Seattle Children's could enable its employees, going from zero employees working remotely to 4,000 remote workers across 46 sites who leverage VDI infrastructure to stay connected. Nutanix not only transformed the hospital's internal processes, enabling secure video conferencing, making group meetings and team huddles feasible, but went one step further to enable telehealth through Citrix VDI on Nutanix. We are happy that we played a part in enabling these customers and many more to navigate through the pandemic. As we all go through the journey to recovery, our focus now shifts from business resiliency to target and investments as we return to growth. As you return to growth, you're focused on continuing your digital transformation, modernizing your infrastructure, moving forward with your cloud strategy, and continuing to enable your distributed workforce. It is clear that public cloud is going to be a big part of your cloud strategy. However, CIO's thinking in terms of where their workloads reside has evolved over time. As you can see from this Morgan Stanley report published this summer, CIOs have gone from believing that almost half their workloads are going to be in the public cloud by 2023 to now believing that just over a third of their workloads will be in the public cloud even by 2024. That's almost a 10 percentage point drop. A lot of this evolution is driven by concerns around data governance, security, performance for edge use cases, and undeniably, public cloud costs. Now, my friend Martin Casado at Andreessen Horowitz recently published a widely circulated report on this, where he noted that across 50 of the top public software companies currently utilizing cloud infrastructure, an estimated $100 billion of market value is being lost due to cloud impact on margins relative to running the infrastructure themselves. He also noted that the pattern has been remarkably consistent. If you're operating at scale, the cost of cloud can at least double your infrastructure bill.
So cloud has become the top operating model for most companies, especially during the pandemic. What does cloud mean for a company's bottom line? And are there nuances driving these cloud decisions? To discuss this and more, I'm super excited here to, to have with me Martin Casado, my good friend. Uh, Martin is a general partner at uh, the venture capital firm of Andreessen Horowitz. But I've known Martin since his days as a PhD student at Stanford, where he pioneered software-defined networking and created one of the first companies of that era, Nicira. And we worked together for a bit at VMware as well. So welcome, Martin, and great to have you with us today. What are these trends that you're seeing when it comes to use of cloud? You know, I think it's important for everyone to remember that we're still actually in the early days of cloud. Um, so, you know, depending on who you ask, the cloud market is what, $300 billion a year right now. Um, most estimates suggest it's growing 20% uh, year on year, and that will go for the next, you know, almost decade, right? And so if you compare that to the $3 trillion IT industry, it's a very large market, but it's still early. And with that, with that is we're still just starting to understand the implications of cloud. Like we know the benefits, we know like agility, we know, you know, we know the benefits, but we're just starting to understand the actually the economic implications. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it turns out for some companies, actually, this is fairly significant. And so we're entering an era now, and I would view this as almost like cloud V2 understanding where, you know, there's a lot of discussion around like, what is the right architecture for cloud? What is the right cost model for cloud? How should I use cloud in the correct ways? And so I think this is kind of where we are with the cloud adoption cycle. I agree, Martin. So to your point, I mean, we've seen lots of companies taking on public cloud initiatives. And when we talk to IT leaders, they talk about scale, agility, uh, and the speed of development and being able to bring out new applications quickly. All that is not a surprise. Uh, I think there's perhaps a little bit less of an understanding of the true cost of cloud. Now, you had a front seat uh, uh, position here. Uh, as you sit on the boards and you've invested in a number of these born in the cloud companies, software companies and SaaS companies that really started doing everything in the public cloud. Uh, you published a, a fairly controversial paper here uh, around uh, the true cost of cloud here and, uh, and also talked about it as a bit of a paradox. And uh, I think you call it a trillion dollar paradox, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah, yeah. so what were the key findings? Yeah, sure. So, so like, like you said, I sit on a board of these companies. I've seen, um, uh, you know, you sit there in these board meetings, you're like, wow, you know, like 50% of our COGS, 70% of our COGS, 80% of our COGS are cloud. What's going on? So to understand this, we looked at 50 public companies, the majority of which, the vast majority of which IPO'd in the last six years. And, and we spelunked through S1s and we asked the question, what percentage of COGS is cloud? Mm -hmm. Um, these are software companies, right? Uh, and it turned out that it was 50%, which is just an enormous number, right? And then we asked the question, like, listen, if 50% of the COGS is cloud, if you reduce that by a factor of two, which is totally doable in many cases, um, uh, you know, how will that impact the, the, the share price of these companies? And across the 50 companies that we talked to, we estimate between 100 to 200 billion dollars <laughs> would be Massive. you know is being suppressed which is like you know i mean this is like this is 200 billion dollars across 50 companies and by the way the trillion dollar paradox um, is that you know if you extend this we were just looking at 50 companies if you extend this industry wide it's very easy to come up with 500 
billion to a trillion dollars. And so, listen, we're just starting to have companies that IPO that are heavily reliant on the cloud. We're just starting to understand the economics. And the result is, is that, you know, it makes up a large portion of COGS and that greatly, greatly suppresses the, uh, the, the share price, um, uh, you know, if, uh, unless you're able to drop it. So are you suggesting, Martin, that these born-in-the-cloud companies actually repatriate workloads on-prem? So, so uh, you know, it's interesting is when we started the work uh, for the paper, the research for the paper, the goal was just to do a cost analysis. We didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even want to come up with suggestions of what you do. We're like, listen, how much, you know, how much of uh, a company's economics are driven by the cloud? In these conversations, and we really talked to dozens, um, many companies we spoke to says that they've either repatriated or repatriation. Um, and so, you know, we don't take a position on this. However, it is being done today and it is being considered today. And clearly there are cost advantages if you do it right. And so um, in the large continuum of solutions, whether it's, you know, optimize better or, um, you know, buy a third party tool for visibility or push it, you know, so your engineers think about cost or repatriation. We think it is something that, uh, you know, customers should have in the conversation. It should be part of the conversation. So we've got about 20,000 plus enterprise customers uh, who are starting the journey in a different way, right? They all started with on-prem data centers and almost everybody there is looking to use the public cloud. What advice would you have for these companies uh, as they go to the cloud? And what should they be looking out and learn from the lessons of all your SaaS companies? So, yeah, so, so this is fairly obvious, but it just, it's so important it bears repeating, which is optionality is critically important. Um, and the right way to do that is uh, upfront is multi-cloud. Uh, and it just seems to be already a reality. I mean, HashiCorp just, uh, you know, did a survey which showed that 76% of companies are, are already multi-cloud. Bank of America had a CIO report that basically said the same thing recently. And so it's just important to realize that, you know, just like all companies are becoming software companies, it feels like all software companies are becoming SaaS companies. And if you're building a SaaS service, which is really the primary mechanism of distributing software, the cloud becomes part of your cogs. And the, the primary way to rein that in um, is by having optionality on the back end. And listen, this is why I think like Nutanix is so trend aligned. I mean, the world is coming your way, which is cloud is not a, a location. It's not a company. Cloud is an operating model. And that operating model is something that you can consume as on-prem equipment. You can consume it in a colo or you consume it as you know, a service over the public internet. The important thing is that you have optionality in how you consume it. So Martin, I think what you just said outlines exactly our vision, right? We, I agree with you 100%. Cloud is an operating model. Our customers are going to operate in this multi-cloud world. And I think there's an opportunity for them to do cloud right as they move forward and learn from the lessons of all these companies uh, that, you, that have been in the cloud. So wonderful having you with us, Martin. Uh, thank you so much and all the best. Awesome, thank you. As you heard during the conversation with Martin, the choice of clouds is dependent on a variety of factors. And CIOs are discovering what works for them as time evolves. But one thing is becoming clear, and that is hybrid multi-cloud deployments are going to be the dominant cloud strategy going forward. As Flexera noted in this recent State of the Cloud report, 
more than 80% of enterprise IT leaders indicated that they're looking at a multiple cloud strategy that includes both public clouds and private clouds. We've heard this loud and clear and have evolved our vision as a company to address where customers want to be by making cloud invisible and helping all of you focus on your business outcomes rather than worry about cloud complexity. Now, our mission is to delight our customers with a simple, open, hybrid, multi-cloud software platform with rich data services to build, run, and manage any application. Now, every word here in this mission matters. Simplicity, core of our tenets. Openness, your flexibility of choice. Hybrid multi-cloud to enable you to run your workloads wherever you choose with a focus on managing all your data. On this journey, one of our focus areas has been to make our offerings simpler to consume for our customers. Now, until now, we've had 15 plus product offerings, each offering capabilities that you folks love. But managing all of these and keeping track of what each one does has not been easy, sometimes even for our partners. So we are simplifying this product portfolio from 15 plus products to five key solutions. Our goal here is to make it simple for our customers and partners to leverage our solutions to help achieve their business outcomes. So to talk a little bit about these solutions, foundational is cloud infrastructure, which is everything you need to build a cloud, whether it be on-prem or whether it be in a public cloud of choice. The next piece of this is cloud management, which is everything you need to operate a cloud, whether it be monitoring, observability, uh, operations, automation, governance. On top of this platform, we have a specific set of services that we provide. Unified storage to help you manage all of your data, whether it be structured or unstructured. Database services to be able to have you manage your databases in a multi-cloud world. And then, of course, our traditional focus on end-user computing and desktop services. Our newly redesigned portfolio offers a single platform for the hybrid multi-cloud era. Whether your workloads are in a private cloud, in a public cloud, or with managed service providers and telcos. Regardless of which app you use, databases, analytics, end-user computing, or any other app of your choice. We are uniquely positioned in this hybrid multi-cloud world because of four key factors. First, our origins as a data-centric company. Whether it's offering all storage types from objects to files, offering the best performance for cost, 
ease of data mobility, and finally, security and governance. Fundamentally, the hybrid cloud today is more data-centric than ever, with data tiering, disaster recovery, and backups being immediate use cases. Second, our simplicity and ease of use have always been hallmarks of why our customers appreciate us. They simply love the one-click simplicity that we bring to all things complex. Third, our belief in fundamentally offering choice for everything, whether it's the hardware platform, whether it's the hypervisor, whether it's your choice of cloud, your choice of cloud-native platform, flexibility on licensing, you can use a single license anywhere, and as well as contract durations. And finally, our superior product and customer experience with an NPS score that you folks rate us at, at 90, even as we've now scaled to over 20,000 plus customers. We believe these are true differentiators that sets us apart and makes us stand out from the rest of the industry. That said, at the core of what we do is product innovation. And true to our mission, the Nutanix cloud platform continues to break down common silos within IT teams with the goal of simplifying operations so that customers can focus on their business needs. Our focus in the 6.0 release has been on creating a simple and open hybrid multi-cloud platform and offering the requested data services for all workloads on this platform. In AOS 6.0, we are addressing the common challenges many enterprises face in hybrid multi-cloud environments. Through these new features, enterprises will get powerful built-in virtual networking, enhanced disaster recovery, and simplified zero-trust security. That would otherwise require additional specialized hardware, software, and skills. Most importantly, due to the integrated nature of the Nutanix cloud platform, all functionality is managed through a single interface, significantly decreasing operational overhead. It starts with an enterprise-grade AHV with probably one of the most requested certifications from Red Hat. With this certification, customers can now rest easy that they're getting a secure and reproducible stack that is certified by Red Hat today, with more capabilities coming down the pipe through this partnership. With Flow Networking, a network virtualization offering on the AHV hypervisor, enterprises and service providers can now easily create virtual private clouds, or VPCs, to offer their users cloud-like agility with minimal dependency on underlying hardware switches and routers. Next, we introduced several business continuity 
and disaster recovery features, including end-to-end -end encryption for all disaster recovery traffic, the ability to leverage the public cloud as a secondary site, and a new DR dashboard that brings observability to DR for meeting and maintaining service level agreements. We know security is top of mind for everyone these days. With machine learning, we are automating the creation of flow policies, integrating Nutanix cloud platform with Qualys to streamline security patching efforts, and finally, providing superior ransomware protection against 4,000 plus known attack signatures. On the data front, our focus has been to make it easier for you all to simplify both structured and unstructured data management, as well as enhance performance and scale for the most data-intensive applications, such as databases and big data analytics. The Nutanix Cloud Platform can now deliver up to a 2x storage performance increase for database workloads and 3x for big data workloads compared to previous releases without requiring complex reconfiguration. Our unified storage solutions for unstructured data now support tiering of files and objects from on-premises to the public cloud. We are launching a new data governance service, Nutanix Data Lens, to help customers manage their data growth as well as security and compliance objectives. In addition, our database service, Nutanix Era, now delivers one-click storage scaling and rich role-based access control for database management across hybrid, multi-cloud environments. Taken together, we are continuing to make our hybrid multi-cloud platform much more complete so that you can deploy all your applications on it and provide you a range of data services for all your workloads. However, we're not stopping there. We're continuing to innovate for the future. As we help you, our customers, in your hybrid multi-cloud journey, we realize that one of the key asks is to converge your experience across on-prem and the public cloud. Many of you have or are planning deployments across private and public clouds. Our goal is to offer a single console to view and manage your hybrid cloud deployments running Nutanix software, be it on on-prem or on public clouds. Additionally, we believe you will continue to exercise your choice of selecting multiple clouds for different workloads. We will offer a marketplace for our customers to discover, deploy, and manage both Nutanix and partner ecosystem solutions. I hope you enjoyed that keynote and took notes because we move forward together.
You can watch on-demand sessions if you go to Nutanix.com forward slash next. And if you're a Nutanix believer, dreamer, builder, apply to become a Nutanix technology champion today. You can find details in the show notes. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you consume podcasts. So with that, from your friends here at Nutanix, have a great week.